Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 56. I'm your pal Val, and with me is the man, the myth, the legend, King NASCAR. Good evening, everybody. We're fresh back from the National. And hopefully Jason will be able to join us, uh, the show already in progress, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we're going to recap the National, and uh, me and Logan were able to attend, so we'll tell to you about what we saw and who we talked to and all that good jazz. But first, let's talk about NASCAR and the Camping World Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and Cup Series. They have been off for the last two weeks for the Olympics, but I like to say they're off because of the National Card Show in Chicago, but but really, they're off because of the Olympics, but that is coming to an end, and I am so excited for some racing. Yep, me too. Uh, in the truck series, the next race is race number 15. This is the last race before the playoffs, so it should be a madhouse uh, for everybody trying to jockey to get into those last spots for the playoffs. But that is Saturday, August 7th at 12.30 at Watkins Glen International. That's United Rentals 176 at the Glen. Stages are 20, 45, and 72 laps for 176.4 miles. Green flag is at 12.42 p.m. Eastern Time. Super excited to get the trucks back. Yeah, and I think that uh, John Hunter Imachek has already locked the, the regular season championship as well. Yeah, with five wins, that's that's uh, pretty good. And I think he beat his boss a couple of times, so that's got to be fun around the around the water cooler. <laughs> yeah, the, the team meetings are, I'm sure, really fun because Kyle Busch hates to freaking lose. <laughs> I don't blame him, but, you know, John Hernemchek was in the Cup Series, if, everybody, if, if you don't remember, went back down to the Truck Series to run in Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks which are pretty good equipment so as you can see it's been a good combination for the two with his five wins so i i guess he's got to be the front runner to be one of the final four at i would agree i would agree with that i think he's definitely in there um, you know i think it's gonna be a toss-up after that for who is going to be the other three i mean i think anybody could be in it yeah i think that's in phoenix right the uh, last race yep that's correct. So that's interesting. So Derek Krause, Tyler Ankin, Ankrum, and Johnny Sauter are fighting for those last playoff spots. So, And then we'll see who's going to get the rookie of the year in a truck series as well. So uh, that's between Haley Deegan, Chris Wright, Chandler Smith, Chase Purdy, and Carson Huckfer. Huckabar. <laughs> hey, I got to pronounce here. Ho Kovar. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I will get it yet. So. Yes, you will. I'll, I'll help you drill it into your head. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, moving, over, moving over to the Xfinity Series. They're finally back. That's uh, They're going to be at Watkins Glen International, the Xfinity Series race at Watkins Glen. Stages are 20, 20, 42 laps for 200 miles. That is Saturday as well. August 7th at 4 p.m. That's race number 20. And I think that's the Austin Cendric show right now over there. It is. And so we'll see how that pans out. And again, the you know, rookie of the year candidates, Ryan Vargas, Sam Meyer, Josh Berry, Jordan Anderson, and Ty Gibbs. So we'll see how that shakes out. Who's Ty Gibbs? I've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then over to Cup Series. That's race this uh, this weekend, race number twenty three, August eighth, Sunday at Watkins Glen International as well. That's the Goal Bowling at the Green. That's at three p.m. Uh, stages are twenty, forty, ninety laps for two hundred twenty point five miles. So we're still a little bit of ways before the playoffs in uh, in the Cup Series. So. But that's it for those. I'm super excited to get us back into the swinging things after this break. And I guess, you know, we're going to find out who has uh, kept their momentum, 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 
and who, you know, this break uh, kind of messed up. So we're going to find out if uh, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott, and those teams are firing on all cylinders or uh, maybe does somebody else come out of this break hot, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, they've all been out of town on vacation. So who knows, uh, you know, if, if being re- well rested uh, makes them better or if well rested makes them not better. We'll find out uh, just how well some of these guys do see where their heads are at. Hey, Jason's joined the show already in progress. Hey, Thank Jason. Hey, hey, Jason. Sorry for the delay, but I'm here and I figured you guys could go ahead and get started. So. Yeah, we just were wrapping up the upcoming weekend and the list of events, all the teams getting back into the swing things. And we were just talking about if this break has uh, messed up any other team's momentum or if uh, we're going to find another team that uh, has started to gel maybe and um, we'll see how the second half of the season runs for them. So, So, Jason, how was your week? Um, busy trying to keep track of everything that's going on from a distance and, you know, we'll talk about all that stuff later and then, um, little things around the house and then actually interviewing for a job that is not where we live. So, uh, I know we just moved, but I guess there might be a chance that we move again. So I don't know how I feel about that totally, but, uh. I take it it's another city. Yeah, it's a couple hours east, not quite Harrisburg, but towards that direction. So, well, just stay away from Three Mile Island. You'll be good. You know what? That was one of the first things I told my wife because I've driven by (laughs) that. uh, And she's like, Oh, what's that? And uh, it's like, I'm not even going (laughs) to, not even going (laughs) to explain that yet. But, uh, yep, that was one of the first things I thought. Yeah, I flew over it once, and uh, luckily the plane didn't crash. So, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> but getting back on track um <laughs> sorry i derailed everything the Not- you know going into our next segment talking about the national in chicago and what we saw uh me and logan were there uh, we missed you jason but hopefully we can all be together in atlantic city next year so Hey, if I do go east, that'll help my help my case right there. So, yeah, you'll be a little bit closer. Take a couple hours off my drive. So, one of the things that that uh, I guess it sticks out, jumps out at me right now, is that I've verified with Panini about the Spectra seventeen variations. It really is twenty five variations for a total of one hundred cards. So, I know we talked about them last week or two weeks ago, where I think we've identified. Uh, 23 of the 25. So, but we did kind of get confirmation about that. The national was very busy. I noticed Wednesday before the VIP that it kind of looked like a normal show day. But when we hit that VIP, uh, it got packed pretty quick. And I think we had some record numbers this week. I think, um, and Logan, you can jump in if you want here, but the uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday seem to be uh, off off the charts. And then Saturday and Sunday were more reasonable, I think, or more normal. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I stood by the doors Wednesday night as they opened up for the VIPs. And uh, for those of you who uh, live in the South, you'll know what I'm talking about. It kind of looked like uh, if you were to step on a mound of fire ants, uh, how the people were pouring in so quickly and they were running in. Uh, it was amazing. And that room got so hot so quick. It was, it, I was, I was sweating. It got so hot in there from all the people on Wednesday night. And I, I know you did too, Val. Yeah. I think it was a combination of everybody coming in and then they had some of those back roll up doors open uh, for people to uh, still load in. I think it was so, but Definitely, I believe we might have equaled or broken the attendance record previously set in Anaheim. Yeah, I tweeted something out about that. Uh, I was asking if anybody has heard any attendance numbers from the NSCC. Uh, I haven't heard anything official yet. I'm sure they'll announce it eventually. But 
I've heard estimates, you know, 93,000, 100,000, more than 100,000. So, you know, all these are just, you know, guesstimates by people. But I would have to say that it's got to be close and if not more than the Anaheim show in 1991. Yeah, I guess we will find out. Uh, One of the things that I thought was interesting was their rapper redemptions at Panini, the there were no racing products involved with the rapper redemption. No, they had, <laughs> they had five different products. One was soccer. One was basketball, baseball, UFC, and football and no NASCAR whatsoever. So that kind of bummed me out. We weren't able to get any silver packs because, you know, we bought quite, you and I bought quite a bit of Chronicles and it would have been nice to get that little bonus. Yeah, it would have, and I was really, and I don't know if that helped or hurt the Chronicle prices. Now, we asked the members of Panini about why NASCAR was not included, and I believe it was something about they couldn't supply the dealers with enough Chronicles product for it, for them to have on hand for a wrapper redemption. So, But Chronicle prices, we saw between 115 and 100 in 25 or we saw like 140 145 but uh going around the show we actually found three boxes for a hundred dollars each which was mm-hmm. uh, pretty interesting i did see some older wax um of course steel city was the only one who really had some of the older boxes 2016 certified for 65 dollars a box 2016 torque i believe for 75 2017 torque for 75 I think they had some 2017 Dunners for 55. Those were kind of the only older boxes that we saw from like the big three. I take that back. Blowout did have a case of 2018 Prism Hobby for $3,250. That's about $270 a box. That's the Haley Deegan Prism box. Now, what was interesting, I did see some F1 at Blowout that actually sold Topps Dynasty five-box case for $14,000. That had a sold on it. And the 2020 Chronicle or Chrome 12-box case for $7,000. That was sold. And a uh, we did see... Now, Logan was looking for National Treasures, 2020 National Treasures Racing. Didn't find any, but we did see... Never saw it. Yeah, they had a four-box case for about $1,800 that had sold as well. Hey, let's go back to the rapper redemption. Yes, sir. Because, you know, you and I had the show the previous weekend talking about um, some of the little promos that like Tops was doing at the stadiums and things that we liked and didn't like that the brands do. You would think that, I don't know how to put this politely, I guess, almost like Panini shot themselves, shot themselves in the foot with that rapper redemption in the sense of, well, you only put out four products a year and you don't have enough supply. And it's kind of like, well, that whose fault is that? And I'm sure you two are not the only ones that would have been upset um, because of that rapper redemption issue with the NASCAR because when I was there in 2018, I did the redemption and I actually bought the uh, Don Russ boxes that were included. So I'm kind of surprised that Don Russ wasn't included this year. And also just the fact that they only had five uh, total boxes as like the participants or however you want to state it. When you have one for every other sport, you it almost looks worse when you don't include that one particular sport so it's kind of like i'm sure they made some people mad but it was kind of their own doing if that makes sense i totally agree with you because there was not a large supply of 2021 dunros i think steel city had maybe a handful of boxes yeah and and that was it i i mean I was kind of taken back with the lack of NASCAR products other than yeah. the Chronicles. Maybe, you know, Steel City 
uh, not Steel City, Dave Adams, Blowout, they had a few boxes, but they did not have, you know, cases and cases out of Chronicles. So, and then we, those places we found Chronicles were, were, weren't even at the big three. We found them kind of in the weeds and we got, you know, good deals on them. Uh, it seemed like the two people that right. we found, they want to just get rid of them. One, um, I don't know if they were one or one twenty-five, and they're basically like, you know, if you take all three, I think it was the maybe it was Wednesday night or Thursday. It's like, please take them for one hundred and fifteen each. Uh, the the first group we found, and then the second group, I think there maybe were one hundred and ten each, and you know they only had two out there, and they said, yeah, two for two hundred, or they when they like, well, no, we have three, we'll do three for three hundred. So you know, me and Logan uh, split those as well. So. Uh, we grabbed, you know, six boxes right there for uh, pretty decent prices, and it wasn't from the big three. And going to what you said about the big three, from my, you know, and I have different experiences than most, my experience with that, Steel City always had more racing, but they were always willing to take that on um, compared to Blowout and DA, and I think, I think their perspective was, well, if we have it and they don't, we'll get customers that are also going to buy XYZ, you know, kind of like an add-on purchase. But also with the Panini thing, it's not your fault. I mean, it is, but not everybody knows that it's a distribution problem. So at least put the racing on there and put your best foot forward. That's the, I guess that's kind of the part that bothers me the most. And Steel City did come with... You know, like I said, multiple different products. Now, I was eyeing that certified for that 2016 certified right. for $65 a box, but I only had like five or eight boxes and, and they were gone, I think, uh, Thursday, Friday, or, or something like that. So uh, even we saw Brody, the kid, he picked up a box or two of Torque. So, um, you know, it was great to see that Steel City had some of that stuff because it, they were a lower price point than, you know, other, other sports and, you know, they were getting bought and, you know, blowout and the rest of them, they, they had some serious cases stuff for a hundred thousand dollars, you know? So the measly little NASCAR stuff, uh, you know, the, the prism basketball and all this other stuff, uh, you know, the racing's not their, not their thing, but right. uh, it was good to see, you know, some of that, but, now, each day you could tell when Rapper Redemption was going on because Panini's site or Panini's uh, corporate presence, they, there was a massive long line on there. And uh, Logan uh, had a great idea, a great idea because NAS- <laughs> there were NASCAR cards in there. And he was just kind of, we were just kind of walking around, trolling around here, looking for people opening their packs and like, you know, oh, great, I got this. And like, oh, man, I got NASCAR. And he's like, what? NASCAR, <laughs> you want to sell that? Yeah, so, some guy. We were walking, we were walking by, and this guy goes, "Oh, Chase Elliott," and, and I, I was kind of like a, you know, that 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 scratch record sound that you hear. I went, Whoop! and I turned around and went, "You've got Chase Elliott." He goes, "Yeah, it's a one on one." And there was another guy standing. He goes, "I'll buy it," just like right then. Yeah. So yeah. We, I don't know if we talk about this or not, but basically, I'm sitting there, and the guy's like, "You know, I don't know what it's worth, whatever." And the guy's like, "I'll give you, I'll give you a hundred for it." So Logan's kind of, you know, poking around like, oh, okay, well, you know, he's, you know, that he was interested. And the guy's like, well, you know, I guess, uh, he, you know, if he doesn't uh, want it, then go to Logan. Then the other guy upped his ante right there and then to 250. He went from 100 to 250 just, just that quick. Yeah. That's so Logan, a negotiation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told, you know, Logan was like, oh, man, I hate I missed it out. But I'm like, Logan, just by you showing up, this guy paid an extra $150 for it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, then the 250 And it wasn't an auto. auto. It was just uh, it was a one-on-one patch, right? Yeah, I think it was one-on-one patch. Yeah, there's no autos. I think I uh, heard there were no autos in the silver, just the autos in the gold uh, gold pack. So anyway, I, I don't want to steal all your thunder, Logan, but Logan did pick up some, uh, NASCAR cards from the silver packs. Yeah, I got, uh, one of the cool things I got was a Jeff Gordon base number 24 of 25, which I thought was great. And another card that I picked up was a 
Haley Deegan memorabilia card out of five. It was number five of five. So those were two of the things. And I also bought a Dale Earnhardt Jr. base. I think it was out of 10. Uh, so those were the only ones I was able to pick up. You know, I, like I said, I Val, Val stayed with me for a little bit and then he left for a little bit. And I still stayed there. And, and, and like I said, like he said, I trolled and, but nobody else came up with really anything. I mean, there were some other cards that people got, but they were just literally base cards that were unnumbered. And I just really wasn't interested in them, but uh, it was, it was fun sitting there for a little while watching people bust up most bust open those silver packs. I mean, it's good and bad as nobody kind of knew what they were worth, right? So it's because um, they're not regularly traded or sold. You know, who's looking at the price guides? The people opening these packs, if they actively know kind of what the stuff should go for. So, um, so it was interesting. It was interesting to see some of that. Uh, redemptions, un, unclaimed redemptions, whatever. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Logan had a redemption. So I felt bad for Logan because every day he was trying to get in that redemption line because he's got some redemptions. And it must have been 50 to 75 people deep every day as soon as that thing opened. I think it was like started at 11 and the line was 50, you know, or 75 the whole time every day. So I don't think Logan got his redemptions done. No, I did not. I was unwilling to stand in that line. For as long as it was as it was going to take to get those redemptions, where is where I could go out and actually look at stuff and buy stuff, because you know I, you're only there for a limited time. I can deal with the redemptions online and and raise some cane with them if if I you know want to get something different. But you know I can't I can't just walk around the national every day. So I I chose to walk around the national. Now one other thing at the national, I think we talked about them before, and I'll talk it again. Talk about it again is the tops Q and a that's one thing I will wait in line for. Uh, if you don't remember tops puts on a Q and a, uh, usually at every national, but it's limited to 150 people and you have to sign up, uh, before, uh, what they did this year was that you had to show photo ID and you can only sign up for yourself. You couldn't sign up any friends or anything. I believe it was Thursday morning. And the tops Q and A was at Thursday night at six or whatever. So they given they usually give out some pretty cool stuff, and they you they have some sna snacks or food and drinks and stuff like that, and you can talk. Uh, they answer questions as well as they give away some stuff, and at the end they have a giveaway. So uh, actually, this year I was lucky enough um, to go and then also win something. So uh, they they pull the numbers and um, you go on stage and they'll pick out a card and um, you have to guess within like 20% of what it's worth or you can ask Clay for advice. If it ever happens to you, I always say ask Clay because Clay is uh, always pretty good about it. So this year I uh, won a, a 1962 manager's dream card and they said it was about 120 bucks. And then the giveaway was a um, Lewis Robert autographed card number two one fifty. So, like I said, if if you ever go, I definitely recommend it. Uh, we I asked questions about you know look asking them if they were looking at maybe getting a NASCAR or SRX or something like that, uh, which uh, they weren't yet. And then also about the Montgomery Club five eighty two and the renewal process as it was. Uh, kind of messed up last year, so. So but, totally off subject for anything that we normally talk about, but that card that you showed us, that Mantle, it was Mantle Maze, right? Yeah, Manager's Dream. Mantle Maze from '62. I always think those cards are so cool because they, you know, of course have more than one Hall of Famer or whatever. It always makes me wonder when I get those out of the newer Tops packs, those like combo cards, like. I wonder if in 50 or 60 years, anybody will ever look back on those the same way that we kind of look back on the Mantle Maze uh, type of card like that. So. That's interesting. Yeah, because, um, you know, who's going to be, you know, the maybe Trout and somebody else right. or whatever. So, yeah, that's definitely um, – or, or what was it today? 
I think the tops now was um, Otani and is it Voto Vito? Voto. Voto. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, I guess, in in the years to come, if it'll be like that. So. I think they will, and and the good thing is, is they'll be able to buy PSA tens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> shortage. Yeah. So, uh, tops Q and A. Yeah, I highly recommend it if you go. Uh, always um, think of think of that. You never want to waste your time or or stand in line for stuff, but um, I think that's a a good trade off there. So. Um, yep. Yeah. Plus, it was free food. Yeah. It was nice. Let's see what else. Uh, we did see Ty Dillon. He was at the Check Out My Cards booth on Friday and Saturday. Uh, special shout out to Andy from Com C. Uh, he was he was great and got to talk to him about racing and stuff like that. So yeah, I had no idea Andy was such a big racing fan, but he's he's a super nice guy, and uh, I really enjoyed talking with him. Yeah. Uh, and Ty was Ty was awesome. He did a box break there. He signed cards for everybody as well, uh, both days. So uh, we're gonna didn't realize that he is a card collector himself. So we're gonna try to reach out and ha- try to have him on a show later uh, this year. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, one thing that I was really surprised at was the amount of racing cards at this national a lot more than normal. Uh, and again, you know, we found a few folks who had, um, F one stuff. The one I'll throw out, he had a, uh, number to five red Sapphire of Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he had an asking price of $50,000 for that. So that Lewis know. guy. Yeah. I don't know if that sold or not, but, um, but a lot of racing and we even saw, quite a bit of graded racing as well. Yeah. That's something that we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot of at prior nationals. Uh, and we saw a good bit of it this time, not only just regular graded, but there were also graded, uh, autograph cards, NASCAR autograph cards as well. And uh, yes. Yeah, so like, yeah. PSA DNA. But, uh, the one that sticks out of me is that 2000 SP authentic sign of the times. Dale Earnhardt Auto PSA 10. Yeah. For. Go ahead. I was going to let you do it. Now go ahead. 5K. $5,000. Do you think they left with it or do you think somebody else took it home? I think they probably left with it. I think that's maybe two or 3,000. Yeah, I'd say it's. Two thousand twenty five hundred dollar card, probably. Gotcha. That's that's a tough card. That um, SP Authentic two thousand. You don't see a lot of wax. I believe that it was inserted into the packs. I don't think it was a redemption. So we might see some more. Now I don't know, Logan, if you want to talk about show pickups or not. We can, um, you know, and, and along that line. We did see a 1998 Upper Deck Road to the Cup Dale Earnhardt 50th Anniversary Signature Card. It's red foil, and they only made 50 of those. And the guy wanted $1,000 for it. So, you know, I kind of thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And what day was it, Val? Was it Friday, I think? The days kind of run together when you're at the national. <laughs> I think it was Friday. I get this. You and I are going through dollar boxes, and I get this text from PSA saying, "Hey, you won two free grades here at the national from our contest, you know, a, a value of two hundred and fifty dollars each." So that kind of accelerated my purchase of that card. So I went back. We went back to that guy. And I was able to get that card for $850. Uh, I promptly took it over to PSA and got it graded for free during the national. It was awesome. Uh, the problem with those cards is, is they're, you know, they're foil, which I think everybody knows how foil cards are. You know, they are condition sensitive. 
And I told Val, I said, I think it's probably going to get a seven. And it did. But I was, wasn't really as concerned about the grade as I was it, the auto and having it slabbed. So I did pick that up. Um, it's actually people at home can't out there can't see it, but there it is. It's a nice it's a nice card. I really love it. I'm glad to pick it up. I've never seen one before. As a matter of fact, that's the first one I've ever seen. So there are parallels. They're blue, um, and then this is a subset of that that has the orange or burgundy foil and they're numbered and autographed so i think i've only seen one other one i think there's one on the pop report that's a psa6 so this uh grades higher than that one um that was one of the 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 big cards that we saw at the national um you know there were plenty of bargains there uh some of the stuff that we found one uh, dealer who had a lot of relics uh, for very cheap prices. So anywhere from two to three dollars, but big names. Kyle Larson. Uh, I had a I found a large patch of Jason Algeyer. Uh I think that was press pass. You know, and they were you know two to three dollars. Found some Eldora total memorabilia tire pieces. From 2014, I think it was, Tom Memorabilia, for like two or three dollars each. And then the big ones that, for me anyway, uh, they were about eight dollars a piece. Were uh, Jimmy Johnson sidewall, the Goodyear uh, logo, number to I think fifty or twenty-five. So for only I think they were eight dollars a piece. I definitely think, uh, like in the future, and we were talking about stuff appreciating or whatever that people don't you know appreciate i think jimmy johnson so i thought that memorabilia from jimmy johnson's days you know especially for eight dollars a piece would be a good long play so yeah i totally agree that was a great a great find actually my son found that for us and told us to come over there yeah he actually pulled got a bubble wallace green cracked ice auto for a few dollars, I think it was. Yeah, it was cheap. I mean, I all those cards was, were very yeah. inexpensive. Yeah, I did find a, a few autograph cards, a Richard Petty 89 Max card for five bucks and a Bill Elliott 89 Max for five dollars. We did go through the dollar boxes, found uh, 88 Max Richard Petty and a 91 Tracks Jeff Gordon, as well as... Kyle Bush rookies, Martin Truex rookies for all for a buck. So, yep, that, that was when we got uh, texted by PSA. Yeah, we had to wrap, <laughs> we had to wrap it up and hey, uh, wrap it up quick. We went through that last row pretty quick. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's some of the, the stuff we saw at the national. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, it was much more than cards as well. I mean, if you were to come to my house and see my collection, you know, the bulk of my collection, you know, and probably my favorite part is the cards and the autographs, but you know, I also collect memorabilia. So with that being said, there was a lot of memorabilia there. You could, there were pennants. Uh, I saw a program or programs from the 1959 and 1960 Daytona 500 and somebody with a graded or not graded, but it was an authentic 1959 Daytona 500 ticket stub. And of course that was the very first Daytona 500. Uh, so there was a lot of memorabilia there to, to find. I mean, there were pro, excuse me, there were pennants. There were, there were all kinds of things, much more than just cards. Uh, so if you are into that kind of thing, cause I am, it, it was there. It was a decent amount of, you know, NASCAR stuff there. So uh, it was awesome to see the first and second, Daytona 500 programs there. So I think racing is, uh, you know, getting a little bigger here. So it was nice to see. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it'll be even better next year. It's, you know, of course, me not being there and listening to what you guys are seeing and buying. It's the prices are always what get me. I feel like everything is either 
less than ten dollars or over a couple hundred it's it's so interesting how nascar is and how it works because like you mentioned with the uh the silver packs like people don't even know what to charge for a card that they got out of a pack today that you know and it's just that always the forgotten thing uh with most collectors and it's funny to still hear it going on you know on a regular basis and at you know the biggest show for card collecting hey you're right and i guess it's just because you know the folks other folks don't collect it maybe they know baseball basketball and football and stuff like that but when they get those cards out of the silver packs. Right. They're kind of they kind of stumped. Uh, of course, we're stumped too because, um, you know, w- what some of this stuff's trading for. Uh, like if you open up a box of Chronicles now, you know what does a Kyle Busch go for in the different uh, series, or if it's numbered or whatever. So it, it's always interesting. But usually, it's definitely lower prices than higher prices, right? So again, another reason right. why. I love NASCAR collecting them. I got some beautiful patches and some of the stuff. I think it was like $25. I think I bought in that, that first day, but some really cool uh, multiple color or whatever patches or, you know, like I said, the side of good, the Goodyear, you know, letters from the tires, which I love. I, I just think the NASCAR relics and, and stuff and, Fire suits just it's just a, another step above, I think, any other sport. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh not to really change the subject completely, but you know, going back to Ty Dillon, did you we didn't mention what card he he was opening up a box of I think it was 2020 contenders. Anyway, he pulled a clear Justin Herbert number eight of ten auto card out of that box so, and my uh-huh. son tell and of course i'm not an aficionado on those things but my son tells me that's easily a four-figure card that he pulled out of that box so i thought that was pretty impressive yeah and com c is given all was given all those away so <clears throat> that's one of the things we did do is if you went to the com c uh booth every day and you logged into your account um, and I guess if you took a picture or something, your com C Q QR code would come up and they would scan it. And then you would be eligible for the breaks and Ty Dillon cards for those days. So, yeah, I haven't hit any, I haven't seen any of those hit my account. I don't know when they're going to send all that out. I'm sure they're still busy trying to assimilate and, and bring, bring in all ingest all those cards that they, they brought back from the national for their customers. Yeah. I don't know how long it takes for them to get all that stuff back to Seattle. And if hopefully they didn't have any issues like uncle rich had getting back home. So um, I'm imagining it's going to be later on this week or next week. So I was checking my account as well. There's just so many cards that are in play for those days because I had numerous breaks and then the hundred cards each day that Ty signed. So, and they were going to be authenticated by JSA. Yeah, so I'm sure all that took time. But, yeah, that, that was great what, what ComC did. Uh, you know, kudos to those guys. You, you talk about the National. It was great to see uh, not only other collectors and talk to folks at the different corporate booths and then all of our friends that we've made over the years as well. I got to go, you know, go to the Go GTS main stage and see Ivan – and the rest of the folks, and even uh, the Mojo Breaks guys that we uh, used to do the hobby hotline with as well. So, yeah, and uh, one one thing when we talked to Tim Trout with Panini, you know, he mentioned the fact that they're looking to possibly add a fifth release of racing cards, NASCAR cards, into the line. It's gonna. He said it was going to be something possibly like like chronicles with various brands. So I'm really not sure what that means, but it's going to be like its own brand. Uh, Yeah. I took it as another chronicle like product where they could put certified absolute torque, those other 
brands that they've used before in NASCAR and then uh, put, you know, do another Chronicles like product. So I was pretty excited about that. I also pitched him my idea of changing the wrapping for National Treasures instead of that purple that looks like everything else, that it needs to be checkerboard uh, like the, like a checker flag. Yeah, because that, that's very confusing because I have to go up to the, each one of those boxes and look real close at it and go, oh, it's NFL. It's not, it's not NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> if you have old, if you have old eyes, it's even worse. I got to look at the price. Oh, it's three thousand dollars. It's NFO. <laughs> yeah, he also mentioned about you know, we had talked with him about Prism and how we thought that they were making less of it every year, but he told us straight up that that is not the case. That they have increased numbers of Prism since 2016, the production numbers. So every year they produce more of it. So that kind of debunks the myth of what we thought, and I think a lot of other people thought. Yeah, that because I, I had thought that the twenty they had overproduced twenty eighteen since we saw those blowout prices on twenty eighteen Prism blasters that weren't selling back in twenty nineteen, and then I had heard rumors that the twenty nineteen Prism was short printed, but uh, he debunked that. So. Yeah, it was good to talk to Tim. He's got a lot of good information. Of course, he's he's right on the front line with the all the all the decisions that need to be made for those products. So, so he, that's it's he's got great info. And we did talk about him about or talked with him about the 2021 Prism, and those will be on card autos. That I guess they got the pen situation worked out, and that uh, 2021 Prism will be on card. Yeah, I don't know if, if y'all saw this, but Jeremy Clements uh, tweeted out a picture the other day of him signing a bunch of the uh, 2021 Prism, and they are on card, and they look really nice. I like the design for this year. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, super excited for Prism. Uh, we did see some graded Prism 2016. I think we saw Bubba. I think they wanted like 350 or 450 for that. Um, they had a lot of that, uh, graded and the one guy that I saw had a case of fat packs and let me see if I can pick up what they were selling it for. It was a sealed box of 20 fat packs boxes for $8,500, uh, and which, you know, is rare. There's not many cases of that 2016 Panini Prism Racing. Um, uh, the guys at Panini were very interested to hear about that box that Steel City had for $800. Yeah, those those have those red, white, and blue cards in them. Uh, I like those packs. I, I, I actually had pretty good luck with those. It, it just blows my mind that I remember those being about $35 a box because <laughs> you know there was just that nobody was looking for 2016 Panini Prism Racing, and then all of a sudden, uh, I think everybody realized how scarce it was, or whatever it was, it dried up, and then the prices shot up pretty quick. So, yeah, because you know, we bought go ahead, Jason. Well, no, I was just gonna say, I imagine it didn't sell based on the way you guys are talking about it. Well, you know what? I that's one that brings up a good point. I saw stuff, I saw people, dealers having prices for stuff that I think they didn't want to sell, but it was for sale if you wanted to buy it. I saw that. Yeah. I saw a lot of things like that. It was kind of, I'm going to say museum pieces, but it was basically, hey, I have it. If you want it, you're going to have to pay for it. I'm not giving it away. You're going to have to pay uh, an exorbitant sum for you to own it. Uh, it's scarce or whatever reason. Uh, I saw it with like the 2018-19 Prism Basketball. I saw cases for $7,800,000 for, um, you know, boxes of stuff. I think somebody, what made me think of, if somebody had like a, was it a wax case of Star Wars or Empire? Maybe it was Return of the Jedi and they wanted like $14,000 for it or something. And it's like, um, 
<laughs> I think they can be lugging it home, you know, and that, okay, I, I've got it and here it is. And if you want it, you're going to have to pay for it. I wonder if that has anything to do with just the, the way society is right now, that there are so many people filming, almost said videotaping. There are so many people filming their phones and uploading videos to YouTube. And it's like, if X dealer has Prism 18 basketball and, you know, all the stuff behind their showcases. And then they have this big banner. Does that like free advertising that's subtle, you know, no, I'm not going to sell it, but if it's in a hundred videos, then it's worth me lugging it in, you know, an extra box. That's a really good point, Jason, because we saw a lot of people going around filming and doing oh, and sure. taking pictures and things. So I think, I think I, there's a lot of validity, validity to that. I totally agree with you. I think also it depends on how rare it is and how how in demand it is because baseball card exchange, which always comes to the national with some amazing stuff. Yeah, I love that. Uh, place. We, you know, the first thing I kind of do when I get there is start taking photos of stuff that's in the case because usually some of that stuff doesn't last long. There was an '86 Fleer basketball wax box uh, that was gone pretty quick. I think it was a 7980 hockey wax box. That was gone. There were two 1985 wrestling rack boxes, which I hadn't seen before, but I did take a look and they, those were pretty much sold right away. I went back and actually talked to Steve about that. And those were $5,500 a piece. Uh, and they were pretty much gone. I think it was Wednesday they were uh, taken out of the case and put on the table to be shipped out. So, as much as we talk about NASCAR doesn't get the love like it should sometimes, wrestling is completely in that same grouping, and it it has really taken off in the past year as well. And I don't think a lot of it's like NASCAR. I don't think a lot of people are aware of it because it's gotten looked over for so long that it's. You know, it's that thing of it's not a real sport and there's just it's entertainment. But at the same time, it's collectible. Look at these guys crossing over into movies. And, you know, obviously The Rock is like one of the hugest, biggest people right now in entertainment. But when you look back, that all started with Hogan. And then that stuff automatically has just gone through the roof because people were looking for something to buy. Well, I think, you know, we've been I've been watching that for I don't know, about 10 years, I guess, because of David Peck, uh, you know, yep. friend of the show and yep. another PSA set registry member. And so uh, he was touting that pretty much on the PSA board. So uh, it's definitely gone into another level right now. And I think graded cars has definitely driven some of the older wax or uh, I think a lot of people are speculating on that. So. It's um, yeah, but it's really I don't want to say frustrating to see wrestling reach those kind of heights and NASCAR kind of being left behind, um, you know, behind Pokemon and the rest of that stuff. So, uh, but you know, it's still fun. Uh, prices are still good. You know, drivers are great and accessible. So it's funny well, that you, you mentioned know. Peck. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, go ahead. It's funny that you mentioned Peck because he's one of the guys I was thinking of, but obviously didn't mention because he's in a wrestling group on Facebook with me. Um, and I see some of the stuff that he posts and there's a very specific WCW autograph set that has kind of taken off from the late nineties. Um, that was all it was always rare but it's one of those things where people were just realizing it you know and capitalizing on their childhood and that stuff is another thing that's kind of going through the roof and he's one of the big time collectors of that set as well so funny that you mentioned his name because i was thinking it yeah i've actually as years ago but there was some, a magazine where hulk hogan was in it when he was in uh rocky three 
and uh, he was looking to get a few copies of that magazine uh, to get autographed or whatever. So, yeah, he's definitely um, one of the leaders when it comes to wrestling. So, and just like at NASCAR radios, you know, kind of a leader here on for NASCAR trading cards. So, so Val, uh, you know, talking about the national, what's the saying that everybody says that if it's not in that room, it doesn't exist. And your answer is, uh, that is not true. It's not, <laughs> it's not, not true. It is not true because I have been going to the national for, I don't know how many years now looking for a 1972 STP Richard Petty, which I have never seen. Actually, I think it was my first national that I went to in Cleveland where I met Logan. I had some shirts printed up that said wanted, and I had two pictures of cards. It was a 1972 STP Richard Petty and a 1972 STP Fred Lorenzen kneeling next to a car uh, and with wanted on it. So I would walk around and if anybody had it or would see it, but um, yeah, so that that's not true. If you wanted to buy, and that's one of the things about NASCAR, right? So part of it is price. Part of it is the hunt. Uh, if I wanted a 1952 mantle, I could have taken my pick um, from a few. Uh, if I wanted a PSA 10 Michael Jordan, I could have had my pick as well, but um, could not have, uh, we did not see any 1983 Unos or Dale Earnhardt. I don't think we even saw 1988 Max Dale Earnhardt. No, we did not. And we didn't see any, uh, sports star photographic cards either. And in fact, I've only ever seen those at one national and I bought all of them that the guy had that, that was years and years ago. That was probably like 2007, 2008, I guess. I think that was before I met you, Val. I remember seeing one 86 photographics, uh, Terry Labonte. I think it was, it might've been in Cleveland or not, but anyway, to your, to your point, yeah, not everything is in that room. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. We, I don't know if I saw any 82 Hogan's either, but, or Andre's, but, um, but it's fun to go and look. So. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really good to see, like I said, see all the NASCAR stuff that was there. Uh, I was I was real happy with the way the national went this year. It was, it was probably the best national I've ever been to, and I've been to every one of them since 2005, except for the one they had in California in 2006. Now they did expand the show floor this year, where they had the Go GTS stage uh, in 2019. They actually pushed that to the next room. And then that middle room there was also full of, I guess, about 50 tables. Oh, no, maybe about 50 dealers with multiple tables. And then that back room was PSA, the breakers, uh, the other graders, or I guess it was SGC, and then the GTS stage. Beckett grading was over there by Tops uh, in their normal location. So, Yeah, and... Um- I do want to give a shout out to a friend of mine who has been a a Twitter friend of mine for a long time, but I've actually met him at the show, Justin channels. He went and bought a box of Chronicles and we busted it together and he collects Denny Hamlin. You know, that's his driver for his PC. So he opens up the box. He hands me a pack. He's watching me. The first pack I open up, it's got a Denny Hamlin autograph in it. I think it was out of 25 and uh, he was like jumping up and down. We were happy about it. And that was the first pack pulled Denny Hamlin autograph he'd ever gotten. So that was real fun hanging out with him for a little bit. He, uh, he was over there with the Kentucky road show. So he was actually helping those guys. So he, I think his time was kind of limited and he had to go back, but uh, shout out to Justin. Uh, It was really nice to meet him. Also 1 million Cubs. It was nice to meet him in person. Yeah, Bo, he was he was really a nice, super nice guy. Didn't he give you something, Val? He did. Uh, he had a – it was a Dale Jared 8x10 autograph. So I appreciate that very much. Oh, yeah, and going, going by that, Justin gave me uh, a couple of cards. He gave me a Kevin Harvick blank slate card and a Greg Biffle autographed prime driver signature card. So that was really nice of him to do that. I gave him a big hug for that because it was it was just super nice for him to do that. 
So a little backstory on 1 million Cubs. When I did the podcast with Ken Kinsley um, a few years ago, 1 million Cubs was actually our first guest that we'd ever had. And that was actually the first podcast that he'd ever appeared on at that point in time. And I think that was 2000, either 16 or 17. Um, so he's at about 654,000, I think was his count. And I think he said it was going to take him another two years. I think it was. Was it twenty twenty three? He said sometime something like that to get to uh, a million Cubs. But he's well on his way. He was picking up thousands of them at the show. I think he even bought some uh, some rare cards, like some Hassan triple folder cards and some other things. So he he did well at the show. It was good to see him. And it, of course, Val, you and I weren't there Sunday to do the hobby hotline. But uh, there's a picture of him out in the crowd. With uh, he had he had taken his his whiteboard, if you want to call it, that he hangs around his neck, and uh, I think it says something like Hobby Hotline Number One when he was in the crowd. I thought that was really cool. That was that was really cool. Yeah, it was great. I mean, the show was awesome. It was also amazing to meet everybody and and connect with the folks uh, hadn't talked to in the last two years in person. So uh, it was. Well, I uh, I accomplished one goal there for sure. I, I hugged a lot of people. I really <laughs> did. It was it was nice to see so many folks that that we've known in the past, and then meeting our new friends for the very first time. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, it was so so much fun. And God knows I hated coming back to the real world. A <laughs> <laughs> time went by very fast this year. It did. I mean, we got there. I picked you up at the airport Monday night. Before we knew it, I was taking you back to the dang airport. Yeah, it was uh, when you first get there, it seems like you have forever. And then all of a sudden, it's uh, time to go. So, oh, yeah. And shout out to everybody who wore deodorant. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> did it. We did it. Yes. Yep. It, we helped. And I think my son did too. And I also think that uh, John Newman did as well. <laughs> I'm trying to think, is there anything else we need to cover on with our national? Next year, it is in Atlantic City, so we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. I'm already looking forward to the Tops Q&A. Yep, I call that the planes, trains, and automobile national, because you have to use so many different modes of transportation to get there. Yeah, I think more, my route is flying into Philly and then taking the train to Atlantic City. So. Yep, me too. So yeah, looking forward to seeing everybody next year at the National. Can't wait. It's like 50 weeks or whatever away now. So, Jay Jason, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, no. I mean, I think you guys covered it pretty well. And, you know, I'm not adding too much not being there. But uh, Yeah, man, we, we missed you not being year. there. I will be there next year. Yay. That's good. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, well, I'm super excited about racing starting back up. Um, the national is done. So I think we're looking at prism here in September, October, I believe if I remember right. So go through, I guess some more chronicles next week and talk about, um, either continue on with the different sets or, um, something else. So, uh, if you're interested, you know, the old, in the archives, in the NASCAR radio archives, the 1972 SCP set, we talk about that on episode number 29, the 83 Uno in on episode number 31, and like the 88 Max episodes 38 and 39. Uh, if you're interested in the 88 Max Earnhardt promo card, that's episode number 42. And we are expanding our footprint and we are, will be on more uh, podcast platforms going forward. So we're super excited about that. And, um, and again, at NASCAR Radio, appreciate you listening, sharing, like the podcast. This is where trading cards and racing meet. And from me and Jason and Logan, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>